Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Roushing to Judgment. Now, the title I'm thinking of this episode is pretty spicy, and I uh, have a feeling a lot of my liberal friends are going to get offended by it before really listening and, and seeing what I mean. Um, but I think it's important that the title be that way because... The whole point of this episode is talking about the nature of propaganda and how a very common propaganda tactic is to put this belief out there and tell people, oh, you have to believe this thing to be smart. Here's, here's this belief system, and if you don't believe that, and you don't do the actions according to that belief system, then you're not smart, and you're stupid, and, you know, then the implications of that is that you're going to be embarrassed, you're going to be, um, you know, a social outcast, uh, your life is not going to have as good of an outcome or that you're going to be contributing to some sort of bad outcome for other people. So I bring this up because the title of the episode I'm thinking that we're probably going to go with is Vote Blue No Matter Who Logic is Dumber Than a Dog. And um, I mean that figuratively and literally. Like I'm literally going to tell you a story of a, a dog behaving in a way that I thought was smarter than the logic of vote blue no matter who. And just to make sure we're all on the same page about this, so, you know, uh, I'm based in the U.S. In the U.S., we have the two-party system. It's Democrats and Republicans. One of those two parties, at least on a national level, always wins, right? Like for, I don't know how long, very, very long time now, we'd have the, we've had this system where only one of those two parties can win on a national level. And of course, they rig it so that it's incredibly difficult for other parties to have any kind of real chance or for independent candidates to have a real chance when they uh, run for president or something like that. So, um, you know, to me, the vote blue no matter who logic, I mean, I'll say first what it is just to make sure we're all, all on the same page about that. So vote blue no matter who is the idea that you should always vote for Democrats. Don't withhold your vote. Don't vote for other parties. Don't vote for independent candidates. Don't say, well, maybe I'll vote for the Democrat if this happens. Just don't do any of that. Just, just vote for the Democrat, no matter who. Doesn't matter if you personally hate them. Doesn't matter... Uh, what they've done, what they've said, just do that. And, um, you know, it's sort of like kind of an umbrella piece of propaganda within uh, that contains all of these smaller pieces of propaganda. And one of those smaller pieces of propaganda that I have heard people say to my face online 
at events. I've heard it in mainstream media. I've heard it on independent media. I have, it's, it's on t-shirts. I mean, I've seen this over and over again, like since I was a child, uh, there's this idea that voting for Democrats is the smart choice, which means that if you don't always vote for Democrats, or if you don't vote at all, then you are not as smart as someone who does always vote for Democrats, or at least that the decision of always voting for Democrats is the smartest decision you can make in terms of your voting. Everything else is dumber than that, right? That is the idea of that propaganda, and it is a core piece of the larger propaganda framework of vote, vote blue no matter who. We're going to just be focusing on the, the I'm so smart piece today, but there's also the, you know, Republicans are worse piece. That, that's another piece of that propaganda. There's also the, um, you know, bad things are going to happen uh, if you don't vote for Democrats piece of it, right? There are all these pieces of propaganda in that larger network of the vote blue no matter who belief system. Um, and, and let me tell you how I'm defining propaganda, because there are so many different ways to define propaganda, um, depending on the context. And uh, I think I have an interesting perspective on it as someone like all of us, uh, who is a victim of it. We all, doesn't matter how smart you are, how smart you think you are, how smart you are in some parts of your life, it, everyone has been a victim of propaganda at some point. Like all of us at some point believe something that we find out later is not completely true or that we find out later maybe is more something that someone else wanted us to believe to have some sort of power over us. So so I largely define propaganda as when it, it is it is talking points and opinions, beliefs, etc., that someone with more power than you uses on you to basically trick you into doing their work for them and maintaining the status quo. And it can happen in any kind of relationship, whether it's a relationship you have with a boss. I've had abusive bosses who have like tried to propagandize me, manipulate me, convince me that, you know, I have to do this thing all the time. And if I do it, then I'm being smart and there's this reward I'm going to get for it. And of course that never happened. There never was a reward for doing it. It happens, this hasn't happened to me, thankfully, but I know people this has happened to. It happens in interpersonal relationships, especially in romantic relationships, where let's say you have an abusive partner who mistreats you, you tell them you're thinking of leaving, and then they basically say to you like, well, here are all these reasons why leaving me would be the stupid decision. And you're only gonna be smart if you stay with me. And think of, you know, think of how, how, how much worse it's going to be if you leave. And, you know, you're just proving that you're stupid if you leave, right? Think of, people say things like this all the time. I've heard stories, you've, we've all seen 
books, movies, where people do tactics like that. And it's so pernicious. It's such a fucking evil, pernicious thing because you can be an intelligent person overall, but I don't think anyone is intelligent in every single part of their life, right? Like you have people who have PhDs, who have studied so hard and are clearly very book smart, or who, uh, you know, like are masters of uh, Rubik's Cube and memorizing all kinds of things. And then you see them make horrible decisions in their personal life that are very illogical. Um, And it's because they compartmentalize, right? And they often are resistant to people trying to wake them up and trying to say, hey, you're so smart in this part of your life. Why don't you take that kind of dedication to developing this smart, independent logic that really challenges the status quo? And why don't you try to apply that to this part of your life where you're sort of just going with the flow and letting other people just dictate what they want you to do. So I bring up this point because when I talk about the vote blue no matter who logic being dumber than a dog, I'm not trying to put down people who always vote for Democrats. You you can tell me I'm full of shit if you want, but I really am not trying to do that. I have been voter shamed. I've had people who always vote for Democrats tell me that I'm stupid for not always voting for Democrats. I am, you know, I wouldn't say it made me feel bad, but it's not a nice thing to do to people. And I'm certainly not trying to do that to people. I'm not, again, some of my best friends in the world, people I think are brilliant, people I think are way smarter than me overall, uh, they always vote for Democrats. And I just feel like that part of their psyche, it's not that they're not smart, it's that that part of their psyche is not quite as developed as in other parts of their life. You know, because they just haven't put as much time into it and they haven't been really open to listening to people like me. But I hope that they change their minds someday because that's how it started with me, right? Like, I used to just vote for Democrats because I didn't understand that there were other options. And, you know, I grew up in a blue state and that's what you do when you grow up in a blue state. That's the status quo. That's the natural, you know, majority majoritarian kind of propaganda view is to just vote blue when you grow up in a blue state, vote red when you grow up in a red state. You know, it happened to me too, right? So I'm not coming, I'm not trying to to do an eye for an eye approach where I'm trying to reverse it and be like, no, I'm smarter. I'm just trying to say that it's not about saying who is smarter on an individual level. It's about looking at these mindsets we develop where powerful people trick us into doing something that is against our own interest. And they trick us by convincing us that it's actually in our interest. And it's this, it's this amazing irony, right? Like you can, and again, I'm speaking generally to try to connect it to all these other things before I get into the specifics of, um, why I think the vote blue no matter who logic is not smart. But it's this amazing irony where people will tell you, hey, here's this thing that you need to do that is the smart thing to do. And if you don't do it, 
then you're not smart, you're stupid. And then if you start to challenge it, you start to realize, wait, this thing they're pressuring me to do and telling me is the smart thing to do is actually not the smart thing to do. You could even argue it's the stupid thing to do or it's the stupid logic to have because it's the logic that benefits them. And that's part of why, you know, um, I think people in high positions of power can be so devious with their propaganda because if you want someone to do something, if you're a powerful person and you want someone to do something that benefits you, meaning maintaining the status quo, because if you're powerful, then that means the status quo is benefiting you. Um, if you want people to help you maintain the status quo, it probably wouldn't be very smart of you to just go to them directly and be honest with them, right? Like imagine a CEO just going up to his workers and being like, hey, I need all of you to um, not take any sick leave and not ask for raises and uh, not... Um, you know, take vacation and anything like that uh, because I want to profit more. Okay, thanks. Just you go do that. And, you know, just please help me profit more. That's not going to work, right? Like people are just going to be like, what? Like, no, what, what do you think? We're stupid. We're not just going to do that because you're telling us to. Instead, they'll say things like, Oh, if you strike, then that's hurting the company and you could be hurting, you know, it's not smart to strike. It's not smart to uh, try to get more pay because then the company could collapse or they'll sort of, they'll try to tell you that, that, that the thing you want that benefits you is not the smart thing. Or they'll try to like distract your mind from even thinking about what is smart for you and instead just get you focused on avoiding this thing they're telling you is stupid, just playing to your fear, your fear of looking stupid, of being seen as stupid, which is very powerful with the vote blue no matter who, right? Like it is a very real thing that if you grow up in a blue state and you stop voting for Democrats, people are going to call your intelligence into question. It happened to me. I didn't vote for Biden in 2020. I told people I didn't vote for Biden or I told people like, I'm not voting for Biden. Like, fuck this. I'm done with the duopoly. I'm just not, you know, at least on a presidential level, I'm, I'm not voting within the two party system anymore. Just out of this idea that I should be afraid of the other side winning. I'm done. I'm done with that game. I said that. And so many of the comments I got from people we're basically just like passive aggressive ways of telling me that I'm stupid, uh, which is fine. Like they can have that opinion. Again, I don't think they're stupid for doing the vote blue no matter who. I think that they have been propagandized and they're not willing to, to entertain the possibility that it's a result of propaganda because then, then they might feel embarrassed and they might feel stupid, which is not what I'm trying to do. But I do think that when it comes to a political evolution, 
there are times when you're going to feel embarrassed and, and you're going to feel stupid and you're going to feel like, oh, why did I do that? Why didn't I come to this realization sooner? I've seen all kinds of people go through evolutions like that. Um, not that he is necessarily who I would have picked as a campaign uh, as a campaign manager, but Cornell West's campaign manager, Peter Dow, is a good example of that. Now, maybe you don't believe him that he's had this political transformation. I know some people think he's just some infiltrator, but he had a huge political transformation. He used to be like the most rabid Hillary Clinton, pro-Hillary Clinton attack dog. He was very vote blue no matter who. He was like the embodiment of vote blue no matter who. And he moved on past all of that. And a lot of his purported evolution, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm choosing to believe him for now. You, you can say that's naive if you want, but um, a lot of the evolution he's described was just by realizing that he was wrong about something and that he had been a victim of that propaganda. So anyway, you know, I've approached it from all these different angles and all these different high levels. Let's just get into it, right? Let's drill down. Why do I think that the logic of vote blue no matter who is really dumb? And why do I think that it's um, dumber even than a dog's behavior in certain situations? So, you know, I already talked about how it's this, I, it's this power dynamic, right? So if you always vote for Democrats, then you don't have any power over them because you're giving them what they want every single time without them having to ever do anything. So to me, that just immediately is not a smart dynamic for the actual voter, because it's it's to to say vote blue no matter who is smart is to say that blind loyalty is smart. I think loyalty can be smart. I don't think blind loyalty can ever be smart. And um, where I get into the dog analogy specifically is that a big part of the vote blue no matter who logic that's kind of it's tied into the um this idea that you're not smart if you don't do that is that well you have to vote blue no matter who because the democrats are going to do these good things that can only happen if you support them every time and you make sure that they win as much as possible and You know, Democrats will make promises, right? They'll say, oh, I'm going to deliver on this policy promise um, that will benefit you if you vote for us. But because they already know that they're guaranteed half of the voting population in the country about 50% of the time, they don't really have to do much of anything and they can break those promises over and over and over again because they know that you're still going to go and vote for them. And I'll give you some examples of that, right? For decades, the Democratic Party used Roe versus Wade as this fundraising tool and this kind of cudgel to get people to come out and vote for Democrats. So Roe versus Wade basically saying, hey, we will protect abortion rights if you come out and vote for us especially if you vote for us unconditionally, if you do it 
every single time and you're loyal to us, we will protect abortion rights. And there were several different Democratic presidents, um, I think most of whom had two terms, who could have codified Roe versus Wade into law, making it so that it can't really be... If they had done that, then it wouldn't have been struck down partially the way it it was recently, right? Um, I think going as far back as Jimmy Carter, uh, there have been presidents who could have codified Roe versus Wade. Obama could have done it. Um, Biden could have done it at a certain point. Um, Clinton could have done it. But they didn't. And they kept promising that they would do it and then not doing it. And then now Roe versus Wade has been severely weakened. You know, it's not the law of the land. Abortion is not legal in a lot of states now. And the situation has gotten worse. And then now the Democrats' new line is, well, you still should vote blue no matter who if you care about abortion rights because if you don't, then it's going to get even worse. Or, you know, well, now you have to keep voting for us no matter what because we, we, that's the only way for us to fix what was undone. And they think that people are going to keep falling for that because they have most of the time, which is sad. But again, like people just, I think most people don't have the free time to really develop the political part of their brain in that way. And it's easier to just not really think about it much and just keep doing the same thing you've done your whole life. And that's what they're counting on. That's another fundamental psychological principle I learned about in in my psych major and that I wrote about later. um, Is Change is so hard for people. It's so painful for people. And that's actually a lot of the reason why people stay in abusive relationships is that changing the status quo is so scary for them that they'll stay in a bad situation, even a situation they know is bad, that they've admitted is bad. And the people who control our society count on you to do that. They count on you to be afraid of change, afraid of your sports team losing, even though no matter what you do, it's going to lose 50% of the time anyway. So... This brings me to the dog analogy, because I was thinking about this. I don't know why this memory stuck with me so vividly, but I remember that there was this dog in a co-working space I was in for a while, and, and everyone loved this dog, or almost everyone did. It was this uh, border collie, <laughs> it was a female border collie named Einstein. And I talked to her owner one time and I, I, he had like this long, weird story of why he named her Einstein and I can't remember it. But I think she was like a pretty smart dog, you know, like, but still like, I mean, okay, smart dog, but it's still a dog, right? Like you would think that its decision making could not possibly be better than a human. Like obviously we are smarter overall than dogs. But I remember... One of my coworkers, who wasn't like the nicest guy, like I think he ended up 
being let go because people just found him so insufferable to work with. Um, but he started doing the classic fake ball throw trick with the dog. He would rev the ball back, motion like he was throwing it, but it was really just in his hand. And the dog would kind of like react as a lot of dogs do and scurry around looking for this ball that is not actually there and is not coming and is still right in the hand. Uh, And I think it, it worked maybe like two or three times. And after the third time or whatever it was, the dog wised up, looked at the guy and was like, I know you're not throwing that fucking ball. I know the ball is right there in your hand and that you are not going to throw it until I make you throw it. So then the dog barked loudly and everyone got annoyed with the guy and was like, just throw the fucking ball. Like we don't want her barking in the middle of the office when we're trying to get work done. Just throw it. So then he threw it and the dog chased after it, got what it wanted, brought it back to him. And that was the end of it, right? So I use this analogy because I think a big part of the vote blue no matter who propaganda tactic that Democrats, corporate and progressive, I think at this point, pretty much all national level Democrats, big part of the propaganda tactic they use on people is saying, hey, I have this ball in my hand in the form of this policy that could protect your rights or make your life better day to day economically. And if you vote for me, then I'll throw this ball. I promise. I promise I will throw this ball to you if you vote for me. Right? Like the the $15 minimum wage, right? Biden promised the $15 minimum wage. And then he made sure to kill it. Um, He said it was going to be $2,000 checks. That was how he you know, a big part of how he won Georgia. And it wasn't $2,000 checks. It was $1,400 checks because he credited the $600 from Trump and was like, well, it's 2000 total. Um, and, you know, and they did that with Roe versus Wade, right? Like for decades, they were like, oh, I'm going to throw this ball if you vote for me. Never threw it always just did the pump fake, always just kept that ball right in their hands. So if you think about it, right, like, and again, I'm not saying this to insult the intelligence of Democratic voters as people. I'm saying it to show how powerful propaganda is because... Like, imagine being so propagandized in a certain part of your mind and how you think about a certain topic that your behavior in that one topic is dumber than the dog I described. Because think about it, right? That dog, it took the dog two or three fake-outs to be like, oh, this thing I want is not going to happen ever if I don't apply leverage. And this guy is just going to keep tormenting me with this false promise if I don't 
apply some sort of pressure. Took the dog two, three times. Uh, there are people who have voted only for Democrats their entire lives, specifically because they still think that that ball is going to get thrown. So imagine, right? Think, think about the, the dog, you know, in the span of like a minute, wised up. Whereas there are some people who are like boomers now who are very, very smart in many ways in their lives and they still think that that ball is going to be thrown someday. And again, I, you know, I think that's more a testament to the power of propaganda that you could convince someone to at least in one part of their life for decades behave in a way that is not even as smart as a border collie. But I think it makes sense, right? Like the, the propaganda machine, you know, if you count all of corporate media and if you count the large swaths of independent media that parrot the vote blue no matter who talking point and then the millions and millions of people who parrot it from those media places, from their parents, from their friends, that is how powerful that piece of propaganda is. That it could reduce us in at least one part of our lives being dumber than dogs because we're afraid. We're afraid of, you know, this boogeyman that the Republicans get made out to be and afraid of looking stupid or having other people call us stupid or of not fitting in, of being that one person in your social group who doesn't vote for Democrats. So that's why I, I try to approach all of this with sympathy, you know? And I think hopefully that differentiates um, my content as, you know, someone who is on the, uh, the far left or whatever you want to call it, you know, that half of the left that is a bit more radical. Because I, I do see, I, I'm not saying that we have to win over liberals. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's absolutely necessary for our coalition to succeed by sort of, um, you know, getting more Peter Dows of the world and of the country, right? I mean, I don't think there really are that many people like that. I think it's definitely smarter to prioritize people who are apolitical, who don't vote, I think even Republicans a lot of the time, unfortunately, are more gettable realistically than, um, than centrists, you know, neoliberals, Democrats, whatever you want to call them, like the vote blue no matter who people, because that propaganda is so powerful and because it's hard to even have the conversation with people without them just being really angry and offended or, or just dismissing you. And... Um, you know, and I've accepted the fact that most of my Democrat, you know, vote blue no matter who, uh, friends, acquaintances, family members in my life are not going to change their minds. I've accepted that fact. And I've accepted that some of them are not going to be open to <laughs> these kinds of podcasts, right? 
But I, I try to do it for a few reasons. One, because even though it's not a priority, I do think it is worth going after um, that small portion of uh, vote blue no matter who people who are not like just so like irreparably propagandized and who are more open to the argument. And I'm biased there because I'm one of those people. I grew up in a blue state. I voted for Obama because it would just, you know, I, I didn't understand that, you know, he wasn't um, actually a agent for real, you know, significant change. Um, I voted for Hillary because I hadn't heard of Jill Stein, uh, which again is part of the propaganda that you wouldn't even hear of someone like that. Um, and then I'd say after that, basically, after Trump won was when I started really, really waking up and really deeply challenging all of the propaganda beliefs that had been ingrained in me growing up. Not even in any kind of explicit way, right? It's not like my parents sat me down and were like, you have to vote for Democrats. You know, they, they I think, were very good about allowing me to form my own ideology. Um, but even just just growing up in, in a blue state and just being around people like that, being in that kind of environment, you're going to end up going with what the majority does and you're going to end up assuming that what the majority does is the smart thing. Right? That's just how history has worked, right? You know, I mean, people used to think slavery was normal. They used to think, uh, you know, not having interracial marriages was normal or that, you know, um, all kinds of things, right? That the earth was flat. I mean, you name it, right? So I, I do think it's, it's worth... Um, pushing to try to convert people like that at least a little bit. And I, I think more importantly, it's worth preemptively attacking the propaganda. You know, like I don't know how many people are going to listen to my podcast who are much younger, but I think it's, it's really, really important to get that message, to ex expose young people to that message. Not even you know, to be like, oh, they have to think the way I do. I don't think anyone has to think the way I do. I don't think my way is smarter. I don't think I'm smarter. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty dumb in some parts of how my mind works. Um, my spatial coordination is pretty horrible. And uh, anyway, you know, it's more just that I, I think young people tend to be more open to it and less stuck in their ways. And ideally, we want to make every new generation more opposed to the two-party system than the last, right? Because And you see that already, right? Like, still the overwhelming number of young people either don't vote or they vote for the two-party system, they vote blue no matter who, whatever it is. But at least a little bit more and more, you're seeing more people who are willing to withhold their vote, willing to vote for the Green Party or the Libertarian Party or for independent candidates. Um, so my hope is that, you know, even if it comes at the cost of people 
misunderstanding my message and thinking that I'm trying to just go around putting people down to feel superior, which I'm, I'm not doing, not trying to do that. If you think that's what I'm trying to do or what I'm doing, then that, that's fine. Maybe I just didn't deliver the message well enough. My goal is just to my goal is just to get people to challenge behaviors in their lives that they think are in their best interest or in other people's best interest. Because I think being so, so sure of something like that can be dangerous for everyone, you know? There, there have been times where I was so sure that I was doing the right thing and because I was so sure about it and I wasn't open to hearing other sides or open to this possibility that maybe I was wrong, maybe that part of my mind was just kind of dumb because I had just accepted the garbage other people were, were feeding me. Instead, I let in those dissenting arguments and I think it helped me evolve overall and at least become more open-minded, less willing to just jump on people for having a different point of view, a different opinion, a different voting choice. Um, so I'm hoping that this accomplishes that mission. I hope, I'm hoping when I do these kinds of episodes, it is enlightening for how you think about propaganda, how you think about politics, how you think about how we judge people and whether that's fair or not. Um, so I'm going to be doing more episodes like this, probably not all the time, but this was one that really was on my mind lately. Um, you know, as a leftist, the vote blue no matter who debate is just constantly, constantly raging. But it was on my mind for other reasons too. You know, I think just just because generally I'm always thinking about the nature of propaganda, especially because I'm developing a media outlet right now. And Roushing to Judgment is also a media outlet, and it's going to be part of this overall brand and, you know, content machine I'm building. And I, I, I don't want to myself accidentally sp spread propaganda because that's another thing is like when you're at the top, you're that powerful person who really knows what's going on. And you know that what you're spreading is not true and that it's designed to uphold the status quo that's benefiting you and to keep other people in an inferior position, um, you know, then it's intentional, right? And that's why I, I really believe that a lot of the people at the top of our society who are maintaining the position we're in really are, are just truly evil, despicable people. But so many people who spread propaganda they're doing it by accident because they don't think it's propaganda. They haven't even thought to challenge the notion that it might be propaganda. So I try to do that for myself and I try to listen to people uh, who challenge me when I say something that they think is propaganda. You know, I try not to just be like, no, there's no way you could be right and I have to be right. I, I try to listen. Um, so we'll see, right? Maybe you listen to my vote blue, no matter who logic is dumber than a dog argument. And you're like, Hmm, yeah, well, that makes sense. Or maybe you thought, well, I don't agree, but I get what he's trying to say that it is this argument that 
other people want you to think because it means they don't have to work for your votes. Um, or maybe you're horribly offended and you unsubscribed and, you know, are going to go say something mean about me on the internet. It's all good. All right. It's all good. I'm going to keep doing my thing. I am, I'm going to listen to you, to your comments, to whatever feedback you have. And I hope to see you next time. Adios.